You are listening to the Wealthy Family Podcast, where we discuss both the challenges and awesomeness of raising happy, healthy kids. We are Aaron and Josh Guerreri, parents of five young kids, and we'd love for you to join us on the journey from surviving to thriving. Hey, everybody. I'm Aaron Guerreri. Welcome to the Wealthy Family Podcast. If this is your first time listening, thanks for coming. We've posted the links to the resources we talk about here in the podcast over on the Wealthy Family blog. So head on over to WealthyFam.com if you're looking for resources. You can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Aaron Guerreri or find Wealthy Family on Facebook. Let's do it. So here we are in our second podcast. Welcome to our closet. Here we are. I'm here with my husband, Josh. Greetings. <laughs> and um, we had so much fun with our fir- first podcast. We thought we'd go ahead and do it again. And if you listen to it, thank you for listening to it. And thank you for sharing it. Um, it was kind of fun. The editing process was awful. I hated listening to myself over and over again. But the feedback was good. It was largely positive. Um, we learned that you want to hear Aaron talking more Aaron, less Josh. That's the message I got. Josh is a spaz, and Aaron has a voice for podcasting. So I'm going <laughs> to work knew? on not talking so much uh, and let you take over here, darling. But I got the message loud and clear. <laughs> we'll see about that. I like to talk. <laughs> All right. So today we're going to jump right in. We're talking about something called decision fatigue, and we're talking about it because um it's something that we are kind of in the thick of. We've thought about it before, and we put some things into place to help with it. Um, but sooner or later, we kind of fall back down um, into the... The grind. The every, gr- yeah. The grind. Decisions every day. <clears throat> so um, tell us a little bit about what decision fatigue is, please. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Aaron. So when we talk about decision fatigue, it is just being worn down by the minutia, by the the amount of decisions you make every day from little things like what to wear uh, to to bigger questions um, and things like dinner. And and then when you have kids, this idea of decision fatigue only amplifies because they ask you questions all day. So um, from a parenting perspective, um, I have heard that, and, and this is very much true about decision fatigue, that parenting is like getting pecked to death by chickens. And this, we feel this. And if you're a parent, you, you really do feel what this is like um, as they chip away at you all day and you essentially use up this store of willpower uh, such that by the end of the day, you've got nothing. And, and maybe <laughs> sometimes it's by 8 a.m. <laughs> we've got uh, nothing left in there uh, to answer a question other than um, no for everything. Yeah, I think this is um, super true. Super for, true. Super true for what we've been um, dealing with the past, I don't know, month or six weeks or so. I don't know what nine, happened. Nine years? <laughs> Well, you know, more specifically so recently, just feeling super pecked to death by chickens. Um, but it really is like I wake up, I wake the kids up at 645 and between 645 and 658, there are eight to 10 questions about, 
can I have yogurt for breakfast? Can you open the top of the yogurt for me? What kind of yogurt is it? Where are the spoons? What can I be for Halloween? What can I be for next Halloween? Is Pluto still a planet? And I'm not joking. These are things that have actually been asked of me. That's in like 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And granted, we have five kids, so that's uh, a wee bit extreme. But that is a normal uh, morning routine, right? 10 minutes in the morning, first thing when they wake up. For sure. So what happens is that keeps happening kind of all throughout the day. And, you know, you're just saying, "Uh uh-huh, yes, uh uh-huh. you know, until somebody asks you a question like, can I go play soccer naked in the street? And you're like, yeah, sure. Awesome. Have fun. Do it. Good luck with that. <laughs> but um, so, you know, it's it's dangerous on a lot of levels and it's, you know, exhausting on a lot of levels. One of the things I think I was feeling mostly was, uh, you know, I had been going on for so long. I was feeling that the quality of my engagement with the kids was really suffering. And I felt this total kind of glossed over disengagement. Um, and it was because everything they were saying to me, I was answering with, uh-huh, mm-hmm, yep, looks good, that's awesome, okay, uh-huh, I don't know, um, really for everything, because I was just feeling so exhausted by, you know, answering so many questions and addressing so many kind of pulls for attention. So I, I was really feeling the struggles of decision fatigue, and I don't, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah, this is everybody, I mean... People write books on this stuff. Yeah. So Josh actually works a lot um, with decision, well, not decision fatigue, but willpower, which is your decision fatigue store. Yeah. So briefly, before we talk about, um, I think we can all admit that parents go through this uh, decision fatigue, this idea of willpower being depleted. Uh, But before we get to sort of what we've done to improve that, Really quickly, I can talk a bit about um, this idea of a store of willpower because I talk a lot about it for FitWit. So we own um, and operate a couple of gyms in Atlanta and I serve as a general manager of that. So I talk to people every day about goals and goal setting and we talk a lot about willpower because with fitness, you know, there's, there's a lot of that that plays in there. Willpower to not eat donuts every day and willpower to set your clothes out so you can actually attend a workout and put it on your calendar and all that. So um, a few years ago, I read a book, which we'll put a, a link to uh, on the actual the webpage if you're interested in, in learning more about it or actually reading it. Um, it's called Willpower, Rediscovering the Greatest Human Strength. Um, and it argues a couple of different points, but the main ones are, one, you have a finite store, this finite uh, amount of willpower that becomes depleted as you use it. Um, and so think of it as you've got a bucket that starts the day full uh, and it empties as you make small decisions or big decisions throughout the day. So you deplete this. Two, that you use the same stock of willpower for all manner of tasks. So um, to, to quote the book specifically, right, you use the same supply of willpower to deal with the frustrating traffic, tempting food, annoying colleagues, demanding bosses, pouting children, resisting dessert at lunch then would leave you with less willpower to praise your boss's awful haircut. The old line about the frustrated worker going home and kicking the dog jibes with the ego depletion experiments, end quote. So, um, yeah, it's and we definitely feel this, uh, particularly when you're a parent, because you're going to get that, um, the, the, you're, you're tasked with answering small questions every day or making decisions, not only for yourself, but for your kids. So it only amplifies when you have kids. 
the second thing they kind of lay out is uh, that the same type of willpower depletion sets in if you have too many goals. So if you're if you're working on one goal, that goal can easily be sabotaged as you're trying to use willpower to accomplish goal two. So you deplete that willpower stock. Um, so they talk about it's best being able to focus on one attainable goal that you're fully capable of accomplishing rather than than several. So can they, you tell the kids that? Yes. Yeah, I do tell the I'm kids only that. working on one thing at a time right now. Yeah, I can't deal with you right now, <laughs> fool. I got these other guys that I got to deal with. So, yeah. The oh another point so so they give lots of examples here and one particular one that was well two if you're going to get surgery or you're going to go do a procedure you better do that at <laughs> eight a.m. because that's when you're going to get the best effort from your surgeon right it, it, by the time it's late afternoon uh, he has already made a lot of decisions his willpower is depleted he may not do the best job with you so. <laughs> Yeah, do that early. The second one, they, the example they give really, and they use some statistics here, is the, a judge who hears parole cases and his willingness to either um, grant parole or deny parole, um, they found that early in the morning it is often granted more. Uh, the judge is sort of willing to um, – it goes through this debate whether or not that someone is trustworthy enough to leave prison, um, but often it's easier enough, easier to just say, uh, I'm just going to keep them locked up um, and end the debate. And so what they found was throughout the day, as the day goes on, the judge starts to, uh, the energy fades and it's deny, deny, deny. Um, so again, if you're going, if any of you are up for parole here, um, <laughs> early is better, early in the morning, or right after lunch they found, when, when, their, when their power is Schedule your restored. parole hearings yeah. wisely. So, anyways, like this, this. See, there I go. I'm talking a lot. Talking I need, a, a lot. I need to turn it over here. <laughs> the, the same thing happens with our kids, though, and we we deplete our willpower throughout the day, and then it's either no, 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 or deny, 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 um, which we don't want to do, and we'll, we'll talk later about why. Um, or it's yeah, whatever, dude. Um, you want to do that? That sounds like a good idea, and it's it's not safe, or um, we just don't really mean it. We're not genuine. Yeah, and I think what I started to realize um, after we we kind of had a little meeting with just Josh and I, and we said, why are we feeling, you know, why am I specifically feeling so run down and so defeated? And we were reminded of this willpower store and decision fatigue. And when we kind of went over things, I realized I was even, you know, when I'm completely depleted, I just say no, even if the answer is not really no. Um, and that, that's, that's super important. Yeah, I think... Yeah, so even when the answer is yes and it's an obvious yes, I say no and then I add the disclaimer on to the end of it. So, you know, I'm making dinner and they ask me, can you read to me? And the answer is obviously yes, I would love to read to you, but it's dinner time. I've been through 1,000 questions already and I'm kind of frustrated that they're asking me in the middle of dinner when they can see I'm doing something. And so I say no, but then I follow it up with, um, I'll read to you later. So, you know, no, I'll read to you later, or no, I'll take you on a bike ride after dinner. So the answer is not no. The answer is yes, but I'm so depleted that I'm just leading with no. And one, that makes me feel awful. Like, I just, I think saying no all day makes me grumpier. Um, it, it does. I, <laughs> I can attest to that. I know this. Watch it, buddy. Um, and then the kids, you know, they hear no all day, and that's just not healthy, I don't think. Well, um, 
And even, I'll, I'll shout out neighbor Dave, who recommended a book, Never Hello. Say No. I'll see you, Dave. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a good book, uh, and, it, and it's called Never Say No, but it, 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 and it has a lot of things about raising a healthy family. But one of the, uh, the premises, premise the, the main premise, I suppose, is that when your kids ask you to do something, you should always be available to do it. Um, not, not in the sense of like, can, can I have a lollipop all the time or whatever, you know, and you say yes to that, but more so an opportunity to spend time with the kids because what happens sooner or later if they keep hearing no is that they stop asking. And I can't imagine anything more uh, heartbreaking when, you're, when your kid says, um, they look at you and say, um, I know they'll say no. So spending time with the, the, the kids is vital, obviously, but we sometimes, and this, this, you know, I can feel it's sort of happening to me sometimes when I'm working. Sometimes I work from home. And the kids will say, can, can we do something? And I'll say, just give me five minutes. So I got an email. And they kind of feel like, Dad, you say that a lot. And so that kind of uh, just snaps me back to say, man, I really, if, if I really do that and they're setting up expectations of how they view me um, as someone who won't follow through on his word, there's a problem there. So um, leading with yes, even if it's a yes, I will go to the skate park with you or go play basketball with you. Uh, in 10 minutes or yes let's do this after dinner they they need to hear yes uh as the first thing if it's a matter of will you spend time with me yes we are not advocating um like saying yes to your kids for every kind of thing they ask for or say but um for sure when it comes to time and if you really kind of think about it and that's a value that's important to you then leading with yes is is a good way to start Yep, yep. You hear Bellamy crying in the background? We got a break here. Let's, should we just pause it and then we'll continue? We'll pick back up in a second here. So when you hear a pause, you know it's Bellamy. Okay, we're back. And we think perhaps maybe Josh talked a little too much again. That's what we discussed in the break. Okay. <laughs> so. Know I'll- that I'm here. I just won't say much. <laughs> now you're sad. I'm, it's okay. <laughs> All right. So. Um, we wanted to talk about some things that we use to talk through and work through decision fatigue and that help us when we find ourselves completely depleted and help us to become from getting completely depleted. So one of the first things we do is kind of just acknowledging that it exists. So the first step in every program is accepting that it's there. And so once you know it's there, you are better prepared to um, kind of talk yourself up for it, be ready for it, and then find ways to work around it, avoid it, and then deal with it when it does happen. That good? That sounds great. <laughs> What's point number two, Erin? Um, so point number two is to set expectations with our kids. So we do this in our family meeting, which we have every week. And in our family meeting, we have space for a big question. And sometimes that big question is, you know, what do you do if a stranger comes? Or, um, you know, important issues and things the, that the... The fire plan we talked right, about. Right, the fire plan. Um, but our most recent family meetings, big question was, how can we help mom stay sane? As you all are asking one million questions. So... We talked as a family and we talked about setting the expectations for becoming a little more self-sufficient or a lot more self-sufficient, um, asking your siblings to help you with things. And I don't know, we talked about, um, so they ask a, you know, a ton of questions like, 
can you get the yogurt out of the tub for me? Can you open my bag of whatever? Can you pour my milk? Can you tie my shoe? And Josh, do you go ahead and interject, honey. I can see it. <laughs> He's on the edge of his seat, kind of like no, tapping I'll... his fingers like he wants to talk so badly. What we said was, <laughs> you ask three before me, because we got seven people in this house, three people before me. Oh, and if it's a finding thing, like if something's lost, rule one was you look for five minutes. Second step of that, rule two, was you ask three people before you ask me. And so that is, uh, it's really been quite lovely actually in the last week to see that that in action, right? It has been. They have been better. They'll ask a question and then they'll realize that they've done it and then they turn to their sibling and ask. But we did, um, disclaimer here, we had to have a conversation. Um, one of our older kids is super naturally helpful, total mother hen, wants to help. Um, another of the older kids does not have that as a natural instinct. Um, so he may have like his seven course breakfast prepared um, and the person right next to him needs help pouring milk and he is flabbergasted and appalled by a request the, for help. The audacity. You you don't know how to peel a clementine? <laughs> I, so. so we did have to have a, a discussion with him privately um, that we know sometimes it's difficult for him to step outside of himself. Um, but we would really appreciate it because not only is it helpful to his siblings, it's helpful to us if he can just help pour the milk at that moment. So, and I think that's been going pretty well. He doesn't necessarily do it with a smile on his face. Um, but for now it's going well. So asking them to help each other has been helpful. Um, the next thing we do is point three is plan and create routines for the kids. So um, one of the things we were, it was killing us about decisions was breakfast. Like, you know, every day for breakfast, there's 14 choices and they all get emptied out of the pantry and the refrigerator. And what can I have and how many can I have? And that's the same thing for snacks too. So um, we just developed kind of a breakfast routine. So, you know, now they know and I know, so it takes the stress off of me to even think about it as Mondays and Wednesdays, we have pancakes, Tuesdays and Thursdays, we have eggs and bacon and Fridays we have like free for all. Treat yourself. Fridays. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's taken kind of a lot of guesswork out. We do the same thing for snacks, um, streamlining things and making it kind of no questions. This is kind of how it goes. So I don't know, routine. I mean, we've talked about the, the last thing the in the last podcast, the routines for bedtime and, and sort of, um, they don't have to ask us, what do I do next? Uh, or how to do something, um, a, a contribution, because we've outlined that before. So just a ton of routine, yeah. I think, Aaron has set up uh, and done a fabulous job. Thanks. We have words all over our walls. Um, we have checklists and lists and things like that. So actually, our kids don't even, they used the morning checklist all last year, and they don't use it this year. And it's been pretty smooth. So they're there for backup, but... Um, it's just the importance of routine and kind of empowering the kids to do things on their own. So point number four in the things that we do that are helpful are developing habits. So a little bit along the same lines as routine, but um, just habits. So your shoes always go in the same place. Your backpack always goes in the same place. Your homework always goes in the same place. And that kind of eliminates the where's my question um, because it should be where it goes. And 
Yeah, that's not always the case, but that yeah. it, it, that's the hope is that cuts it down on that. Which it I guess for sure is, does, yeah. yeah. Especially with things like in the morning, um, you know, instead of where's my homework or where's my backpack, they're always in the same place. There's no other place our kids have known that their backpacks and homework live. So they just know it's there. And I think that just as much as you can take guesswork and other options out of the, the picture, that helps. Um, so point number five is is kind of how I deal with the when things don't get put back the way they're supposed to, um, answering a question with a question. So when they say, where's my shoes, where's my backpack, um, it doesn't become, you know, an easy go-to. So I don't give them the answer flat out and just say, oh, I saw your shoes at the back door or, you know, your backpack's in the car. It's why isn't your backpack where it's supposed to be? And then where did you last have your backpack? Did you retrace your steps? Steps. So it's a little bit, it it makes them work for the answer. And so even, and I was telling Josh last night, I think um, I've seen them ask for something. And then by the time they look for it for five minutes and, you know, retrace their steps or whatever. Ask the other kids. Ask the other kids. They've lost interest. And it turns out they really didn't need that thing to begin with. And it wasn't that important. But they would have found me you know, no matter what I was doing in the bathroom, in the shower to ask me where it was. So putting all these steps in place is kind of scaled back on that. Yeah. I like question with a question. That, that's mostly mom's technique. Mine is raised eyebrow, <laughs> uh, look like just the look like fool. Did you really just ask me that question? And then they just usually go away. <laughs> they, they go find me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I go, go ask your mom. <laughs> yeah, because you don't know either. <laughs> true. All right, so another thing we do, um, the sixth thing in our list, is to empower the kids by simplifying things. And so one of the ways I've kind of eliminated the can you do this for me questions, or reduced them, I can't say eliminated, that makes it sound crazy awesome, but um, is I've simplified things. So I put the milk in like a little tiny carafe that they can pour. All the cereal is in much smaller plastic canisters that they can pour themselves. Um, their backpack hooks are hung at a level that they can reach to put their backpacks on and off. Um, we may have to move those in a couple of years, but it's totally worth it now. Um, Maddox's clothes, he's um, short. <laughs> so his clothes hanging up in the closet are on a shower. Um, what are those things called? The, a shower rod? The, yeah, those spring-loaded ones. Yeah, that a shower rod. Yeah. Um, that's lower, so he can reach his clothes and get them for himself. So I guess as much as possible, I try to empower the kids, or we do things um, in such a way that they can figure it out themselves and that they are able to do it themselves. You have anything to say about that? That sounds great. <laughs> Um, have a word count. Limit. Yeah, your word count. So number seven is giving kids access to things like our family calendars, our menus, the school menus, things like that. It's kind of the empowering thing again. Um, but they ask me what's for dinner. And so usually I get asked that six times a day at least. Um, and now they don't have to because it's written on the chalkboard wall and their school menu um, hangs where they can see it. So it's not what's for lunch at school. Um, so again, that's just kind of empowering them to go find the answers themselves. And for those kids who can't read, they've started asking the kids that can read, um, Hey, what's on the menu tomorrow? So 
Yeah, and you better step your game up. If you really want to know, <laughs> start reading. You're going to have to learn son. to read. Yeah. Um, pull your weight. Yes, and so the last two things in this list, I think, are kind of like hand-in-hand. Josh can talk more about this because this kind of goes back to that book. Um, yep. Yeah, so go ahead. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) The last two, right? So these are about um, things to do as uh, an adult uh, in your your adulting life, non-parenting life that will help. Because remember, it's from the same bucket. It's from the same um, willpower bucket that you're pulling. So uh, number eight would be simplify by you you improve your outputs by reducing your input. So things like... um, Choosing the, the, the same sort of clothes that you're going to wear. You know, they talk about Obama wearing the same thing every day or, or the same suit or tie. He wears something like that every day. So it's just one less decision that you, you have to make. And so that stuff adds up. Um, so simplify those things. Sunday menu planning. Know, your, know your, uh, your menu for the week on Sunday, right? Lay it all out. So there's not, what are we having for dinner tonight? It's already, you've already made that decision. Uh, and then workout planning as well. So Anything that can be that you can make the decision very quickly, um, and and by simplifying things, the better off you are. Uh, and I guess nine really goes together with that. It's plan and schedule things that are important to you. Um, as as uh, this is for adulting, I guess I'm, I'm trying to distinguish it from what the kids are doing. But this is something for you. So planning and schedule things like your your workouts. Okay, so if you work out, which you really should. Uh, <laughs> So let's say you work out three or four times a week. Um, actually putting that on the, the calendar. Um, and again, what am I going to wear to work? What should I eat for breakfast? Should I go to the dry cleaner before or after work? And so on. A lot of these are examples that can be decided in three minutes the night before you go to bed. And so anything you can do to plan and schedule uh, the, the, the night before, lay out your clothes, uh, the better. And you won't be wasting willpower on those little decisions. So you will have more in the tank for um, to say yes to the kids because you re- that, that's the thing you really do want to say yes more to the kids and at some point obviously like we just discussed you you just lose it yeah and just really quickly with that in a way that it does relate to kids is you know I've been slammed with decisions after school you know it's the worst time of day for me I hit a wall at like two I got to pick up kids we're about to go home and do homework it's dinner prep soccer practices and things like that and then somebody says can I have a play date um, and it totally throws me into a tailspin. So it's kind of things like you can even plan, you know, Tuesdays are our play date days. And if it's Tuesday, you can say yes. Or if it's not Tuesday, you can say, you know what, not today, but next Tuesday, yes. Or don't don't lead with no. Say yes, Ooh. that person can come over next Tuesday. Nice. Um, so you can plan those things too. That's that's a pro tip right there. Yeah. Right there. That's, that's strong. <laughs> I'd also like to say I hate the term play date. That's a whole other podcast. Okay. Uh, Anyway, you can say that, but we'll talk about it another day. Great. Um, What we need to also mention really quickly, we have kids to pick up at school, so we'll just kind of plow through. Do it. But um, one of the things that – these things lead to decision fatigue, even though they're not – technically making decisions, but all day long, the kids are like, watch me. Hey, watch me. Can I do this? Look at me. And they're saying things like, look at me, swallow my water. Watch me blink. You know, Hey mom, watch my thousandth cartwheel that I've done in front of you for the past half an hour. And so what I was talking about before with that completely disengaged interaction with them, um, and kind of just going, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. 
one of the ways that we're trying to cut down on that, and this is kind of newish for us. I know um, one of my best friends does this with her family, and my son's awesome third grade teacher does it with her kids in the classroom, but they have a conversation journal. And so each kid has a journal, and they can write in the journal to us, and we will look at it, and kind of, they flag it, we'll look at it, and then whatever they've asked us or want to talk about, we address it with them, and then we can put the journal back. So, um, so this, you know, uh, it's funny because it looks different. Isaiah's is like, you know, this penmanship, beautiful penmanship in this novel about this poem that he's written, and Maddox, I think he has a booger smeared on his yeah. page. <laughs> But it also allows us to, you know, so so Camilla's been doing a million cartwheels a day. Um, she's really practicing hard. And she's like, watch this, watch this, watch this. And, you know, I got really frustrated. And I said, I can't watch every single cartwheel. They're great. And the thing is, we don't always want to say that's awesome when it's not their most awesome work. Yeah. Um, that, and that's a whole other podcast, too. But uh, the conversation journal kind of takes that away, like takes some of that conversation away during the day and then allows us to like write a note to her that says, um, Hey, I noticed that you were practicing your cartwheels all day today. And I love how much effort you're putting into it and how hard you're trying. I really see them getting better so that instead of, you know, every 10 cartwheels saying, "Uh uh-huh, that's awesome. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. It looks good. Instead, she's getting a note about, how we really do value her effort and the amount of work she's putting in. And my hope, I think, is that she notices that that is what is important and that's what we're valuing versus that, you know, very glossed over, disengaged, that's great, honey, keep going, keep going, that you do when they're doing a million things a day. Yeah. Does that make sense? It makes Perfect sense. To I feel me, like darling. that's maybe a whole nother podcast. It I is. Know. I have so much to say about that. Um, <laughs> I, I really do. do. I really <laughs> do because they don't. Have, you know, there's so much value in practicing without um, getting acknowledged for it. Uh, but I will save it for another day. <laughs> but how that relates is, it's you know, when the kids are like, "Look at me! Look at me! Look at me!" Um, this is another way you can kind of say, "You know what? Write it down in your journal. We'll talk about it." And you don't have to address and dip into that willpower store for every little thing that they say or do. So I think that's it. That's that's it. That's it. We would love feedback, though. Uh, Yes. Email us, text us, call us. Do not not (laughs) text or call me. Do not call. I'm an introvert and I will not answer the phone. Email Erin at WealthyFam.com. I will read over her shoulder. Yeah. Um, but that's it. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, please share, give us feedback and our resources, the willpower book that Josh talked about and the never say no book from neighbor, neighbor Dave. Um, those are on the wealthy family blog post. So go over to wealthyfam.com, and the links to those books are there and that's it for now. Yeah. Um, we do have some things in the works. Um, some big big, things, big things popping. (laughs) Um, so if you like what we're cooking, uh, I can't believe I just said that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's something you would wow, say. It is. If you dig, dig our chili. Uh, yeah. Um, the closet's getting hot. Um, yeah. Just stay tuned for this. Aaron is crafting this family management, uh, course. That's going to be pretty cool. So we hope. Yeah. Works. So stay tuned and let us know your thoughts and your feedback. We'd love to hear them. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.